0: Okay, now can anybody see us? Because if that is the case, you can now officially see us, you've missed the first 10 minutes of the show. Where were you at? Actually, we're in the waiting room, waiting for this software to work. And I think we're actually streaming now. I have no idea if people can see us, if people can hear us, if my Wi-Fi is going to work, if your Wi-Fi is going to work. That's why we do this kind of stuff, because people know it's going to be a train wreck, but... I have a feeling that people here like seeing that sort of thing based on the fact that their baseball team continues to give them that. So who can screw things up more admirably today? Will it be us on this live stream? Will it be us trying to figure out how to work technology? You know, I got 14-year-old streamers with millions of followers that can figure this out, but you and I can't. Or is it the baseball team that found a way to ruin everybody's day? Oh, no, oh wait, by the way. They've got a second game to see if they can make it. I don't know, even better, even worse. Should I repeat what I said? Yes. Oof. Yes. Earlier? Okay.
1: <laughs> well, it was. I felt it was so eloquent. Now I don't remember everything I said. I, I think it's just like you can. You put out one fire one day, and then another one springs up. Or you, if this is a boat, it's full of holes, and you have. The ability to plug one or two things at a time and then you spring another leak. I mean, it's just, it's, I've compared this to 2006, 2008, 2014. It's just, for whatever reason, just every night it's something different or someone different. It was Trevor Steffen's turn in the first game today. It was Emmanuel Classe and James Karinchek on Friday night. When you had the offense scoring nine runs, of course the bullpen's going to blow it. They haven't won a game by more than three runs since their first win of the season. Like, every single time they win, it causes you to pull your hair out to do it. And half the time, you pull your hair out and they don't do it. And I just, you know, it's it's Murphy's Law. It's it's whatever you want to call it. But I, I think sometimes, for whatever reason, teams just can't get on in sync. And, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. your sequencing is bad. It's just like, doesn't quite, You're never clicking on all cylinders. It's the offense is good one day, the pitching is good, but never at the same time. Sometimes it's just a bad team. Sometimes it's you just can't get on track, every part of your team. And sometimes it's both. And it's early enough in the season where I'm not exactly sure what it is, which category this team falls in. Um, Because whatever category it is, that can dictate how things go in July and August and, um, and this winter. But, you know, at this point, it looks like they might belong to all three categories. So, I don't know. It's just every single loss is like the most painful, twisted <laughs> script that you've ever read.
0: Until the very next night, when it's, it's even more painful it's and more predictable. This is when you would you would look at the the writer that's coming up with this show, this movie, and you would say, "Get rid of this. It's too predictable. I already know what's going to happen before it happens." And we joked about it before we actually got the live stream working, but you and I exchanged a text message about this, this very thing. After Jose hits the home run, a two-run home run, you take the lead, that should be a moment of pure joy. And what goes through my brain, that they are going to find a way to make this the most horrific loss since the last time they lost a game. And you sent me a text message right back that, whose turn is it to blow it tonight? Trevor Steffen. And then what ends up happening? Trevor Steffen blows it. And, I, you know, we go back a couple of nights ago when Karinczak gave up the Grand Slam. Steffen's the guy that everyone wanted in the game right in that moment. now we can go round and round whether or not that was the right or wrong decision. What ultimately played out proved it to be the wrong decision in that case. But, of course, you go to the guy that everyone wanted in that situation the next time you're in this situation in a close game, and Steffen blows it. Classé. I mean we're getting calls for replacing him as the closer. And I assume everyone wants Stefan to be the guy that would replace him. He gives it up today, but how many times would you see a league leader in saves people demanding he be taken out of the closers role? It it just adds to the, the unbelievable way that this has played out that yes, it is. As someone said, Murphy's law. Of course it's Sean Murphy's law. I believe that was hammy buck. Shout out to him. Shout out to John uh, pyramid song. Who's streaming along. We'll get to some of their comments. And if you have Comments, any live chats, drop them in there. We're going to talk about it. We're here hanging out with you between games. This is not a normal show that we're doing here. But isn't this just entirely predictable at this point? And if it is, like, is it even worth getting frustrated about it anymore? I don't know if it is. It, to me, I might be entering a new territory of frustration that I'll explain to you in a couple of minutes. But, it, I mean, doesn't it just feel like I can predict, you can predict, the fans can predict exactly this is good the way that this is going to play out?
1: Yes and no. I mean, first of all, feel how you want to feel. If you're frustrated, fine. If you are just reach a point of apathy, then that's your prerogative, and I, I'm i not going to blame you. I mean, I, I think back to 2006, and there was that week where Fausto Carmona was the closer, and he blew four saves in a row. And, I mean, it was, yes, that was predictable. <laughs> and But the difference here is that it's... It's someone different every night. And it's, they play so many close games that every single mistake you make is crippling. You know, it's, if it's a defensive mistake that leads to a run, if it's, um, if it's just someone in the bullpen falling behind to one batter, it's like they're paying for every mistake. It's not a single here and a walk here. It's the relievers are giving up home runs. And when you're giving up home runs and you're only ever entering the game when your team is up one or tied, because that's every game with this team, it's gonna be just absolutely critical and, and it's gonna cost you. So I think they've played 45 games and 21 have been decided by one run. That's an unsustainable pace. Even if you're playing well in one run games, which they're not, you just, it's not a healthy way to live. And again, like they have not won a game by more than three runs since their first win of the year on March 31st. It's unbelievable the price of gas was only 255 <laughs> at that time the number one movie in theaters was something i've never seen and i mean the loaf of bread was like it's the, the way that they've played this season is just not you can't thrive with this style and they just have you know we can rank all the things wrong with them. You can nitpick and talk about Ahmed Rosario's defense or Terry Francona's decision to go to this reliever, not move up this guy in the lineup or not play Tyler Freeman enough or this or that. We can talk about Will Brennan and and right field and that being like, whatever problem you want to be mad about at a certain minute, the fact that they can't consistently score a few runs a game is what is gonna derail the entire season because it just puts so much pressure on everybody to be perfect, and we've seen how that goes.
0: John says loser team, loser organization. When you're getting John saying it's a loser organization, you've done something wrong. Oh, is that Pronkville? It is. Pyramid Song, what's Tyler Freeman gotta do to get more consistent ABs? Best approach of the, of the g- entire game, he says.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've said it on this podcast for a couple of weeks, but, like, my strategy with the offense would be play the guys who are hitting. Play the guys who have high floors. Like, I've said that's – I'd give Will Brennan more run just because I he's going to put the ball in play, and theoretically he should be a good hitter against righties. But, like, Wait, Tyler Freeman – He hasn't been. He's been terrible. I play him. He has been, yes. So I'm moving away from him, and I'm going to Tyler Freeman because he can do the same – he has a similar skill set, and he's just – it's a limited sample but he's looked good. Play the guys who look good cuz you need anything you can get. So if that means you got to play Naylor in right field and move Ahmed Rosario to or DH someone and put Freeman in the infield, do it. I mean I like defensive limitations shouldn't be the issue here cuz like they've they're playing Gabriel Arias in right field and he's a defensive replacement at first base and like that that's that's not the issue here. Play the guys who can hit or who, who are showing a pulse at the
0: plate. Here's where I'm at, because I, I have spent the last few weeks just like everybody else, pissed off, tired of this crap, freaking out, fretting about everything that isn't happening offensively. And I think I came to an epiphany today. It, maybe I shouldn't share this. It'll c- call into question where I'm at mentally. But would you like to hear what my epiphany is? Let's hear it. Part of what has made this confusing and also has made me angry, I think, is that a lot of guys have have made us look wrong. Now, whether that, that plays out for the next however many games are left, you're a quarter way into this season, basically. I don't know. But to this point, a lot of guys that we, even if they were... Semi-question marks, I would consider Andre Cimenez in this, this territory. I didn't envision him being this bad. Everybody in the lineup, and I would even, despite the fact that Jose hit a home run and his numbers are okay, everybody has given you, even below our expectations, sure, but those can be fueled by what we watched last year, the fact that we concentrate on these guys every single day, it can lull you into a false sense of believing a guy is better than what he ends up being. It's it happens, but it's not just us that have been wrong about these players. What did the projections say about a number of these guys entering the year? Maybe that they weren't going to repeat like Andres Jimenez did and have a one forty WRC plus this year, but pretty much every projection system said this is a good team, good team that should win the division. Best is, is in terms of projectable in that is even considering the fact that you had young, unproven players that aren't always getting great reviews in projections because there's not a lot of, of, of things you can grasp onto and truly believe in. Every single player, Zach, pretty much, outside of maybe Jose Ramirez, who is still below expectations, has given you what is essentially one of their worst outcomes based on the projections. If you would have looked at like here are the here's the spectrum of outcomes for what could happen for Andre Jimenez this year, and here here's, this is the best it could be, and down here is the worst. Pretty much every player has been down here at the worst, and I was thinking about like the fact that I am so freaking out about this. At what point do I just throw my hands up and say every hitter in this lineup has chosen, not really chosen, but is having the worst outcome? Of the spectrum of believable outcomes what am i to do what, what am i to do well, of course i can't do anything period but what am i am i just going to continue to freak out about this or do i just say this is just what's happening this is the sequencing that's happening and, and you're just going to keep running them out there hoping that the reason why projections are what they are is they factor in all of the different stretches and so you just need the full 162 to play out before they get to where the numbers should be i know I, I feel like i'm wasting energy to, to be fretting about this because how do you overcome every hitter on the team being the worst version of themselves not just even based on what i think but based on what the projection system pretty much every single one thought that they would be entering the year yeah i mean that's that's the alarm though that's that's
1: they're not all going to rebound and so no what puts them in a tricky spot is that it's this whole contending while developing <laughs> bullshit that at some point like you're gonna have like you, the, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect different results and you're gonna reach a point in the season at some point where you have to make changes right whether it's at shortstop, whether it's in right field, whether it's at first base, whether it's at catcher, whether it's in your bullpen. And the question I have is, when do you do that and how do you do that? And you have young players waiting for opportunities, whether it's Arias, Rosario, Freeman, um, the starting pitchers, Naylor. so. When do you just decide, okay, collectively everyone stinks, we have to to make some changes and go to the younger guys. And you have to weigh, does that even... Normally, when you move away from the veteran with a track record and you go with the young rookie, there are growing pains and you just accept that you're going to be worse off in the short term and better off in the long term. But I don't even know if that's the case. I, it, like, everyone on this team is so young that like you might not have a drop off. We saw that in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen after they made trades. They were better in the second half. But I, I just I I don't know. Like I mean you're mentioning guys not meeting expectations and everyone thinking that this lineup would be much better than it was, and it's like, yeah, I thought Josh Bell was a really good signing and he's been terrible. You know, he draws walks, that's it. And then he hits a single off the wall and is thrown out by a mile and a half at second base. It's so I he has three home runs. Like I even if you didn't think he was a good signing, you didn't think it was going to be this unproductive. Um, even if you didn't like the Zanino signing, I was very meh on it. I didn't really care one way or the other. I, you know, I, was, I advocated for a Sean Murphy trade, certainly. I'm not going to use hindsight and take a victory lap on that or anything. But you know, even if I wasn't a fan of Zanino, I didn't expect 0 for 27 with 21 strikeouts in May before Francisco Lindor let him leg out a single. Um, can we, so can I, we I, give
0: him a round of applause on that? I mean, he he broke the streak, man.
1: <laughs> do you think Lindor did that on purpose because he's trying to stick it to the Guardians and he thought maybe if Zanino gets a hit, that makes the Guardians worse off because he'll stay in the lineup longer?
0: That's some great leadership, I mean, man.
1: That's just expert chess.
0: That's what a leader would yeah. do. Totally what a leader so, would do. Uh,
1: to answer your question, I mean, I. I'm I'm with you, but I think framing it as just, well, let's throw our hands up because everyone's, all the players have been disappointing. I think that lets the organization off the hook a little bit, and we'll get there. I mean, if this persists and the team's just out of it in a month, then we need to take a hard look at what the front office's shortcomings were in building this and mapping out this timeline. But for now, you're right. I mean, it's you can look... I think we said this like two weeks ago name a player on the team who's not like Bybee or Allen who have made four starts name a player on right. the team who has exceeded expectations starter reliever anyone in the lineup I mean it, it, I think when we did this exercise a couple weeks ago I, I said like maybe Eli Morgan like, and De Los Santos I, I don't know that's it Xavier Curry?
0: no no that's and that doesn't even count I mean <laughs> those guys aren't Part of anything that truly should be mattering for you. Nice additions, sure. Things you're glad to have, great. But those aren't the guys that you're counting on. But the other thing that's, that is, I guess, giving... I don't even want to say giving me hope, because I don't even know if it's giving me hope. It's just part of this, I'm throwing my hands up because I can't figure this out. And in, in what world would all of this stuff just be happening the way that it is? Even if we admit that... Like, if I looked at the projections, and I have here recently... Pretty much every hitter, even if you just based on rest of season projections, it would all say that they're supposed to be 15, 20% percentage points better than what they have been in WRC Plus, let's say. So Josh Bell has been hovering like 95 because he walks so much. And so he should be closer to like 116 to 120. And overall, you would say, well, that's not a big change. That's not a huge difference between 95 and 116. True. I mean, it would help a little bit, certainly, but that's not a big change. But every hitter in the lineup, the projections suggest they should be 15, 20 percentage points better than where they're at. So even Andre Jimenez should be like at a 110 rest of season. Well, that's, he's like at 85 or something like that entering today. Okay. What if everybody in the lineup just got back to baseline expectations that aren't even like extraordinary? Imagine how much better the offense could be if everyone was just a little bit better. And that's, again, it's not really a thing that's giving me much hope because I don't see anything within the data that's like, oh, well, this guy will get better and this guy will get better. No, there's, I don't know if it's an approach thing. I don't know if, like, in Josh Bell's case, is he being too passive? We've talked about that. Hell, we talked about that coming into the year. He's walking more than ever before. Well, maybe he should be looking to do some more damage. But every hitter, because they're all struggling so badly. If they all just improved a little bit, imagine how much that would raise the boat. That tells you just the, the sequencing has been so bad and the offense has been so bad that if they all just were a little bit better, my God, they look like a completely different team.
1: Yeah, so remember the the Arizona. The St. Louis Cardinals were 10-25, and 25 and then they went on a hot streak. I think they won eight in a row. Or uh, I don't have the record in front of me, but they were... They're out of last place now and they I think they're like 9-1 in their last 10 games. That happens, right? They were better than 10-25 and, and, and you know the Pirates were 20-8 and, and now they're like 4-13 since. That happens. Here's here's the issue with the Guardians. <laughs> what if their hot streak, you know, if, if they if they need to get win eight of ten to get back on track, but like who's to say that the first two of the eight out of ten weren't these first two games in the Mets <laughs> series. Like, those might have been the, the games that you're supposed to get to get rolling and it's just so happened that the bullpen blows those two games, it's just, it's something different every How game. How very optimistic and, of you. But, I, but that's, that's the thing, and when we talk about sequencing, it's not just saying they've had bad luck because you, <laughs> most times in this game you make your own luck and if you're a bad team you find ways to lose that you've no business losing. And the Friday night game is a perfect example of that. How many times did the Mets try to let them win or did the Guardians put themselves in position to win that game and just, whether it's Karinczak or, or Henches pitching the way he did that led to Karinczak pitching in the situation he shouldn't have been pitching in and Karinczak falling behind. Like you have to like, if I listed all the things that had to happen for them to lose that game, it's insane. But that's just, sometimes there are just years where that happens and that's not to let them off the hook because it's, you have to be a bad team for that to happen. Um, but it's just, like, that's the vibe. Like, let me tell you, I I know it's always quiet after a loss. I know it's quiet in the clubhouse between games of a doubleheader. That place felt like a freaking morgue between <laughs> games. I mean, <laughs> not a word was uttered. It should have, but it was just like... How do you go from that vibe to then... Go play on Sunday night baseball.
0: How do you? How does that work? I don't know, but no one's slowing down to see if you can catch your breath. It, it, it's, the, the game is still coming whether you want it or not. I. Everything you're saying makes makes sense. I don't want to leave them off the hook because I don't think they deserve to be left off the hook. I mean, I come on here every week and I just lambaste all of the the players that aren't performing up to their expectations and this is a team that as we said going into the year we expected i mean even when you're factoring in some of the unknown and the places that they could take a step back that this is that this is a good team a very solid team that should be competing for a, a division title and more and when you when you have the record that you are or that you have that is what you are i'm not saying like because of the emmanuel save blown saves they should actually be no, I'm not saying that. The, the record is what they are. They, they have earned it by the way that they've played. I'm just thinking of this like in a... Trying to think of what happens from here. How does it... How does do, does the... The bullpen, the, the line... How does it get worse from here? This is just what I'm struggling with. How do you get worse sequencing than they've gotten? How is that possible? I just... I'll tell you. It's just part of why I, I, I'm throwing my hands up here. I don't know what else to say. How can you have this... It is like... It would be harder for these amount of guys to try to be this bad.
1: So... That's... I mentioned this the other day where I was saying it had been fascinating kind of sitting back and reading the discourse, whether it's in our Discord, on Twitter, um, wherever and seeing I mean I think at the time they were like 19 and 21 something like that and seeing people say what you're saying like it can't get worse so like there are brighter days ahead they'll be fine or like this has just been so maddening that like it's just gonna be like this and it's <laughs> that, it, that's it is what the I
0: feel that's of- that's what I feel
1: thank you and so I would agree with you if They literally, the last two games, have proven it can get worse. Um, Because, like, what happens when Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee go through growing pains? We haven't seen that yet. I I think if I'm going to support your argument, which there's some validity to, and I think that's why... It's not even an argument. I I don't have a point here. I'm just screaming. (laughs) You never do. No, I... But but if you're gonna try to paint a picture of that looks, I don't want to say sunshine and rainbows because like, again, they're twenty and twenty-five. Mackenzie and Savali probably need two more rehab starts apiece, and then they're back. And then, you know, you're gonna see. You're, well, I'll tell you how it could get worse. You have Bieber <laughs> Verlander Sunday night baseball, and then you have Hunter Gaddis versus whoever on Monday evening baseball in Cleveland. Like it's me saying this means they'll win both of those games, but you you know what I mean. But, your rotation should be at full strength soon. You would think the offense can't get worse. You would think. So, I don't know. And the bullpen is already blowing every game that they touch, so you're right, I guess. You could just keep doing this for longer. That would
0: be how it gets worse. Well, yeah. Yeah. I I am almost to the point, dude, where I'm semi-rooting for it. Like, how, how could it be possible for every time Karen Cech enters in a situation like that, that he gives up the grand slam? How could that be possible? And it gets to be a point where, I, I'm not saying I'm rooting for it, but like I just wanna see how, how insane some of these things could get. It doesn't seem possible for, for A to have the five blown saves that he does. And even in the manner in which that he's blowing these games, I don't think that they should remove him from the closer role. Part of it is I, maybe I don't have the level of trust that everyone else has in Trevor Steffen. Part of it is I just think that Claus Say is a good pitcher, and he'll get there eventually. But the other thing is, like, watch the blown saves. How many of them were just like, he came in and he got his teeth kicked in?
1: That, but that's, that's, I think, what makes this season so maddening. That's why I think fans are as way more frustrated than they would be if the team was just... Fifteen and thirty, and was just playing awful, right? Because Class A is throwing a hundred again. Hey, congrats! But he's not striking anyone out, and guys are hitting him. And It's just like little—he's off with his command a little bit. The other night, he kept getting O2, and then he couldn't put anyone away because he would just—he was missing with his command. If you—and this is—I do not mean to sound supportive or defend players like they haven't performed. That's the bottom they line. They don't deserve if you look it. At Ka- no. If you look at if you look at numbers. Like, it's home runs. That's it. Like, too many walks, falling behind the count, and he's got to throw over the plate to get back in the count. And guys are just like Pete Alonzo, sitting fastball and crushes one. But if you look at his strikeouts and his hits and some of his metrics, like he's pretty close to what he's been. It's just, it's just the timing. It's just you're giving up home run. Like why you had to give up a grand slam to Alonzo? You couldn't give up right. a two-run right. single.
0: Something like but, that. But yeah. then what does he do? He come, after that, he comes back and strikes out the side, proving like that's why you brought him in, potentially in a situation right. like this. And I thought you made a good point when you were just talking about it via text, that I don't think Tito was thinking I'm Karen Karinchek in here with the bases loaded. Just you had henches implode very quickly and it's like, oh crap, I had Karinchek ready to and go with there should have been a second reliever warming. All right, and that was your point. But, yeah. but you also bring in Karinchek, knowing that this is a guy that could strike out the village, and he ends up doing that. And it's the same thing with, with Stefan. He gives up the home run, and then what does he do? He strikes people out, and the rest of the inning's fine, and it's like there's the guy that you brought in in this situation and you're trusting, right. but it happens after they give up the monumental, devastating home run. And it's just like how you see, like in, in Karinchek's case, you see the talent later later on in the inning with Class A Again, he's not giving up doubles and home runs here to give up in w- tons of walk-offs here. It's just single, 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 there's the game, and it's <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. I'm just like, what what? what, what? What else can we see? If I'm not going to see victories, at least show me the most entertaining flaming dumpster that I could possibly see. You're getting it. I mean, maybe these are
1: growing pains that they didn't go through last year. I don't know. I, I, I still think the bullpen's good. I just... It's just they've imploded at the absolute worst times. And all this team does is play one, two run games. So when you have an off night, when you don't command one pitch, (laughs) then that's it. And the game's over. And so they, they have no room for error, and they don't play errorless baseball. I think that's the bottom line. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know if this is, well, they're 20 and 25, but... Nothing's gone right, or if it's, well, they're 20 and 25, and this team's just not any good at all. I don't know. Maybe they're in the middle. Maybe they're all of the above.
0: I mean, even when I think of little elements like in the offense, maybe there's something they're not doing to prepare their hitters. Maybe there's something that in their work in the cages that Chris Lakin's in his hitting staff, they're not doing, right? That could be a potential... Thing that's happening here but what do i do with last year where do i funnel that in my brain because you can't just say well all of the breakouts that happened last year what was that all luck and then this year this is who they actually are the hitting staff didn't do anything to help them last year but now they are like or they're not it's just like how do i put that together in my brain it adds to what confuses me so much there are things, like, you know, I wonder with class A, is it a pitch selection issue? Is it a pitch, a specific pitch not being put in the right spot? Is it too many cutters up? Is it too, the slider? He can't throw that for strikes in the lower part of the zone? Maybe. Maybe there are small little things here and there, but, like, is, is that a, a coaching thing? Is it something they're not doing to prepare them? Well, then how did... Stephen Kwan and Andre Jimenez and every, everyone else that had good seats—how did they all break out last year? Like that—that's what I can't wrap my brain fully around. Right. I mean, it's—it's.
1: It's, I, I said it the other day, but it's going to make. It keeps this season interesting no matter what, because we don't know enough about the parts. And right now, I wonder. Like you have to evaluate each individual and I don't know it's going to make for some interesting conversations because we just you're right how do you balance what we thought we knew about them coming into this year versus what we think about them now it's tough to do and you have to make decisions because they have so many major league ready guys that are waiting or that we've seen a little bit of but not a lot you know, and at some point during the season, you're, you're going to have to make a call and say, you know, I mean, I, we both advocated for Bo Naylor to be the guy right away. You know, that's probably step one. And then there are other steps too. And maybe those are talked about more toward the trade deadline. But I just, I wonder where the season is going. Um, because it was, you know, I'm, I'm Who the hell knows? in a way I'm almost glad that it's still like this. How do I want to say this? All the people who said, oh, just wait till the weather warms up can finally stop talking. Who was really saying Um, that? They didn't believe that. Yes. Yes. Media members even said They
0: didn't believe that. They're just looking for something to make themselves feel better. I don't think anybody actually thought that.
1: I think that's a thing. Mm -mm.
0: Liars. But Who knows? I'm really curious to see where this goes let's uh peruse the comments section and if you're i know there's over uh 27 people watching this live that's impressive i think that's a new record you all need help get help (laughs) Uh, if you're part of it and you haven't dropped a comment in dropped a question in why are you just sitting here watching us do you like just watching no participate we want you to participate andrew says he's loving the live chat Thank you. We're happy that you're here. Hammy Buck says, I have Josh Naylor starting in right field on my bingo card. Everyone in the Discord is going to be happy about that, that had that on their bingo card. I mean, Naylor and Wright and bell at first is horrifying, but,
1: like, screw the defense. Just get hitters.
0: A.W. Rosario is a roadblock. Bullpen has been overlooked and looks dead. The second part, I don't know if that, that is necessarily – I don't think the bullpen is more overworked than any, any other bullpen. But the Rose, Rosario thing, I mean, it's worthy of having this conversation now because yeah, you could say just keep playing him because he's going to get back to being an average hitter and he's going to have a, a, a stretch here where he's going to be hitting 400. I mean, hell, he just came off a stretch or he had three or four games or he was swinging the bad well. I don't think the conversation is about that anymore. Or, or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth but they're going to be in a, a territory here very soon where even if he is catching fire he's probably not part of your team next year is that beneficial to just that's let him That's kind of what I
1: That's what I mean. That's what I keep alluding to. It's like at some point even if like the reason they're playing him constantly and hitting him second is they trust his track record more than they trust any of the young guys who don't have a track record. And this is, again, it comes back to contending while developing and why it's really hard to do and why teams don't do it, is you have to make decisions. And, you know, I think the plan would just be to let him walk at the end of the season, but if you're gonna do that and you're not in the race, you're not a legitimate World Series contender, which, of course, don't seem like that right now, um, then it is way more beneficial to play Rokio or Arias or Freeman and let those guys figure it out and right. prove themselves. So you have to make that decision at some point. It's just, when are they comfortable enough with not betting on Rosario's track record and trusting one of those guys? And then, which guy do you trust? You know, there's, there's that too, so
0: who knows? Let's see here. I like this one from Michael. Can you guys please tell me Freeman won't be the next Yandy Diaz? comes back to a conversation we just had about giving up on guys and not even that it's not warranted in the moment that you do it but a lot of uh, hey what's going on behind you there earlier it sounded like someone was playing with spoons like when you were a kid did you ever put two spoons together and do like, try no. to make a rhythm out of that no i played outside somebody moaning in the background there i don't know what's happening though in New York. But. It's Mr. and Mrs. Met. <laughs> oh, no. That is going to demonetize this stream. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the question. Um, a lot of the like Giovanni Urshela, Jesus Aguilar. Uh, people point to Yandi Diaz. But all of these guys, the one common denominator that I have seen is that all of them just got patience and an ability to play through it. What about Freeman? What about Arias? Or could these guys be the next guys that you give up on because you just weren't patient with them? So so someone easy. is someone's going to get either
1: lost in the shuffle or traded, right? Maybe multiple guys. But that's why I feel like I've been yelling this from the mountaintops for two years because they stockpiled all these shortstops and it's like you can't give everybody opportunities and learn enough about each guy. There's not enough spots in the lineup. Um, And that's why you you end up with Gabriel Arias playing right field and Freeman playing once a week. I'm not saying those are the right decisions or the wrong decisions. It's just, it's a product of what you've built and not making a trade in the last couple years. So there's going to be risk involved no matter how you cut it. Like you're either taking a risk by giving guys limited opportunities and then just, like, those guys you named, you just let them go and they maybe blossom somewhere else, or you trade guys and you just have to guess how they're gonna perform in the future and hope you keep the right ones and trade trade the right ones. I mean, I, that they have to trust their evaluations and there are gonna be some hits and some misses, but I, th- I think how this has played out so far is not beneficial.
0: Glad we're doing this little bit of therapy here. And the reason why we're doing the live stream, by the way, and I mean, you actually have had some good cohesive points. I have not. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. What do you expect? Minutes after the game's over. I'm telling you, I'm throwing up my hands. I can't do anything else about it, damn it. But y- you, you got to travel in the morning. This is all messed up. So it was either let's do this now or we're going to wait till Tuesday. And we, th- we thought, hey, let's just do something fun and different. When you're listening to this back and you're, you're podcatcher now, Uh, None of this is going to make sense because you'll watch Sunday Night Baseball and who knows, the team might have won 16 to nothing and all the good feelings are back. Not going to hold my breath, but, I mean, the way this season is going, I really don't know. But it was cool to get to do this every once in a while and throw it out for some more live chats, which Nathan is next up. He says Rosario is going to get flipped at the deadline, finally heat up, and carry someone to the World Series like Eddie Rosario did a couple of years ago. (laughs) I could see it. Where's Pablo Sandoval? Uh, Pyramid Song. What is the trajectory that would have to happen to see Vets, Rosario Bell, God forbid, Bieber shipped off at the deadline?
1: The, The problem is, like, they didn't think Rosario had much trade value that it was beneficial to trade him a year ago. They were kind of caught in a weird spot. I would agree
0: with that, with that by the way. I, I think that that's the right assessment.
1: He's going to have limited trade value. Like, you're not getting back anything terribly useful.
0: It'd be like know, a, maybe, the Cesar, Cesar Hernandez trade kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, probably a little more value than that, but not a ton. Um, Bell, I can't imagine Bell would have any value, unless he gets hot. The Bieber question is going to be, like, that's the, that will be the topic of July. And we'll get there. I know we've talked about it. We can talk about it at great length later on. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing hanging over this team, I think, aside from the play on the field, mm-hmm. is just, like, do you trust what you have where you can trade? And what can you get for him? And how is he pitching? Like, I think everyone looks at the little blue sliders on Baseball Savant and says, Oh my God, he's a shell of himself. Get him out of here. You think other teams don't see that? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not the Rockies, but like most teams, most teams see the same thing you see. So it it depends what you want, too. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do they need in a trade? Obviously, immediate offensive help, but if you're. You know, that can be really tough to pull off in that sort of trade because the team acquiring him is trying to win. So, are they in a position to get rid of someone who's helping them win? You know, so are you trading for prospects, stockpile more shortstops? I don't know.
0: <laughs> we can cover this more. Yeah, in a uh, month. we will. Thank you for being here. We do appreciate it. Thank you to all the patrons that continue to. Support the show over at patreon.com slash Godcast. You make things like this possible, and we do appreciate each and every single one of you. We'll see what ends up happening tonight. Maybe something so wild and crazy will happen that we'll, we'll just be back here for another live stream. And uh, just based on the fact that all of you guys are hanging out watching us, I think you'd be here with us. So thank you for that.